episode 98, Richard S. Barnett. Welcome to the Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless, dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Words they live by, for example, put the cookie down. Origins, biggest failures, fears, awakening moments, Yoda questions, yin yang, the alpha round, and their wake up question to finish. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. Thanks, Arnold. And this is, we've made it, guys. This is our 100th episode week. Episode number 100 this Friday. So all this week, doing some special things. We can get a lot of the alphas in on this Friday for a live episode going out of the weekend. And if you can get involved, get on the Facebook page. Let us know your favorite episode out of all the 100. Actually, top three would be perfect. Some reasons why the best answers will get you in and you can join in this live interview with some of the alphas, some of our top alphas over the over the 100 episodes and that will go out this weekend. So if you're interested in that, you need to be available Friday afternoon UK time and I'll give you the more details. If you get onto the Facebook page, get all the details. If you want to take it to another level, the alpha ultimatum for men who are just going to try and push their limits. We start in January, go to adamlewiswalker.com, click get involved and you have the application form right there. So get in touch for all of the above and I hope you enjoy this Awaken Your Alpha 100 episode week special. So enjoy and keep a look, get involved in all the social media and uh, thank you so much for tuning in. It's been, a, it's been a brilliant ride, it's full on and we're still going strong. Get to the podcast. Okay guys, we have a brilliant one for you today. We have Richard S. Barnett on the phone today. Since 2001, Richard has been running a successful bespoke matching service for classic Mercedes enthusiasts. He has made many great friends and influential contacts throughout his working life, which have become the foundation for iWIC.com, connecting the UK's best connected business people. He's always enjoyed personally introducing his contacts over a nice lunch or dinner where he can be involved in positive and friendly outcomes. So what we mentioned there, iWIC, that's it is who you know.com and that's introducing inspirational individuals. I mean, that's what Awaken Your Alpha is all about. But first, before we get going, Richard, are you ready to awaken your alpha? I am ready to do it. Brilliant. I've just had a quick tour of his home. He's uh, UK based. We're going to go jump straight in with the origin question. You know, it's quite a specific thing. I mean, on the surface, it might, someone might say, oh, you're a, you're a car salesman or then... You're into all sorts of things, Reese. So, could you yeah, tell us? Yeah, I'll try. I'll yeah, try. Yeah, your origin give you, story. Give you a sort of um, a potted, potted history. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm a big um, enthusiast and collector of classic Mercedes cars, and that came about simply because um, I've been on a few time wasted visits with friends to look at classic Mercs, and I thought, you know what? Someone somewhere should do Merc seller. People were setting up their own dot-com companies. I felt that there should be an information and advice service for people that loved and shared my passion for classic Mercedes. Um, and I already had an incredible database of people uh, throughout the UK and beyond yeah. who loved um, classic cars. Point though, how did you build up? You know, this like this great list of contacts. And what were you doing around that time before then? What yeah. you know, what did you? Want to be when you was growing up, I suppose. Is Absolutely, a, a brilliant, brilliant question. So, in the nineteen seventies, I was at school, and um, I showed a few entrepreneurial qualities back then. I used to hang out with the 
it, uh, we, you call them geeks nowadays <laughs> or, or nerds or whatever, but they were quite intellectual um, and very fun guys. And I would absorb all of their, um, you know, sort of great ideas and stuff like that. And I would then do it my own way. So I wouldn't have any, you know, sort of, I, I wouldn't necessarily invent my own things but i would sort of say hey you've got a great idea let me see what i can do with that and then kind of introduce you to this guy that's got another great idea and then start bringing the kids together um to create things one of the people i did influence and inspire back then was a guy called danny elias daniel elias who's created a global brand now called dog the bounty hunter oh yeah. dog the bounty hunter. grew up with danny and um that is addictive <laughs> And so he was my best friend at the time, and he was going to be a lawyer and did start going to Oxford and be a lawyer. And I said to him, hey, drop out, man. You know, don't worry about what your parents think. You're going to make a great film producer, (laughs) film director. That's what you're going to be doing. He said, oh, thanks for the advice. And he carried on. And then years went by. And in the early 90s, I get a call. And he said, hey, I've just interviewed Will Smith, uh, Ian McKellen, Donald Sutherland, and Stockard Channing for Six Degrees of Separation. I'm going to give you the nickname of Mr. One Degree. And I said, oh, thank you for that, Daniel. That's great. This is well before Dr. Bounty Hunter came about. And he set up a film company. He was doing really great stuff out in New York Um, and being successful. He was one of the early inspirations. Um, I also influenced a lot of people because I could show them uh, a path or a way forward that might be different or outside of the so-called box. Uh, One of my first ever uh, meetings or brushes with celebrity came when I was probably about four years old and my father um, who was uh, one of the top orthodontists in London at the time just off Harley Street had an amazing um, private practice and people used to flock there certainly celebrities of the day 60s 70s and uh, wealthy people and he had a sort of botanical garden within the waiting room. So that was the sort of show showpiece. And one day uh, he threw me in the back of his MG midget and he said, it's a Saturday morning. Uh, I'm going to uh, check over a patient. You know, because he used to work occasionally on weekends yeah. in an emergency. And when we got to In Walks, the most glamorous woman, one of my favourite singers of all time, Dusty Springfield, who was one of his patients. And then, you know, he would never tell me who his famous patients were because of the client confidentiality thing. So I learned early on all about client confidentiality. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of the background. Um, The other rest of my family, certainly on my mother's side of the family, were very successful in terms of uh, hotels, um, leisure, uh, medical things. um, They owned... You know, private hospitals. I mean, I came from a family of success, is what I'm I was trying to say. say. No, I was going to say it sounds very inspirational already. So this is really our Yoda question: Who helped awaken your alpha? I mean, you mentioned your dad there and been in that environment, mm. but mm. who are some key individuals? Up, you know, as well as your family, obviously it's mentioned. Yeah, there. in the in the um, in the 70s, um, dad was friendly with a chap who um, had had run a very successful reverse psychology in sales. Yeah. And he'd sold out for £4 million in 1975 nope. and semi-retired, yeah. as you could in those days on that sort of money. Um, lived in a big house up in Totteridge, in North London, by the way. And I used to know all their sort of, you know, their kids and their friends. And we were in a sort of like little crowd. It was lovely. 
those sort of people were, were people that inspired me um, because I would go around to these managers and think, Christ, how did this guy do it? You know, yeah. you know I'm only a kid. <laughs> I'm going to absorb it and listen to them. And um, this chap who, who, who inspired me, he certainly, sadly, he passed away aged 83 um, last year. He um, asked me to come to one of his business conferences, which I did when I was 16, uh, just out of school. And uh, what I learned there was all about how to win friends and influence people, Yeah, uh, which is what I'd kind of been doing all my life, um, and how to sell to people without actually, you know, being a, being a salesman. Yeah. Um, I've never been a car salesman. What I have done is introduce um, enthusiasts and collectors to each other. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah, like it says across. I mean, people if they're not paying attention, will just say, "Oh, car sales and all this." Burke seller says, it, "You know, you sell yeah. Burks." But actually, <laughs> it it's it, a database of, yeah. of lovers of um, classic Mercedes yeah. cars. I was just saying, a lot of this stuff, the shows we have on, is all you know about people following their passion and things like that. And obviously, you clearly love Mercedes. Love them. We've got obviously we've got your Merck seller. We've got your Iwick. I mean, what what's like an average day or an average week for you? Does it really exist, or is it you know does it vary? Because obviously you're connecting people, and I mean, what what do you get up to sort of on a daily basis? Oh, I mean, when I when I get up in the morning, um, the first thing I do is I put the kettle on. I have an organic um, decaf coffee. Yeah, I saw the shelves with, as well. He's got the full collection. Oh, very yes. nice. <laughs> with with organic oat milk. And um, then a bowl of porridge and some organic fruit, and that kicks me off for the day. Then I'm on the phones, and then I'm on the emails, then I'm on a bit of Facebook. Uh, then I obviously arrange to go out and meet people. Uh, I still do the face-to-face -face meetings where there's eye-to-eye -eye contact, very important. Yeah. The best way to describe it is finding something you really love, mm -hmm. and then doing it, uh, but doing it different to everybody else. There's a unique way that I do my introductions obviously outside of Facebook. It's 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 not an average week, really. I don't have an average week. I didn't think uh, you would, no. <laughs> uh, the business side of things is all about who you know and who they are and what they've achieved. And I've filtered it down over the years into kind of categories, really, mainly film, mainly music, yeah, and a bit of technology nowadays. Um, but my passions are film and music. And I think that's really the, the direction I'm heading towards still. Along this journey, what would you say is one of your, you know, really sort of biggest mistakes or failures, or some people would like to call yeah. it uh, learning experiences? <laughs> oh, definitely. They've been, they've been. It's been a roller coaster all the way through, Adam. Um, yeah. You have to admit your your failings, your failures, you know, and your your regrets in a way mm -hmm. to learn, not not to do it again or repeat it. You know, um, a very good friend of mine. She was a top theatrical producer in the eighties, the nineties, and even till today had come to me with the King's Speech, the script. Okay. And I looked at it in her kitchen, and I said to her, wow, you know, this is dull, boring, who cares about a stuttering <laughs> king? At least it will be a BBC drama, you know, on BBC yeah. Two or something. It's never going to work. And how, <laughs> how, wrong, how wrong I was. So there, there, there's one for you straight away. Damn! Um, oh, the one that got away. The one that got away. So I thought, well, I'm never going to repeat that again. <laughs> so very recently, um, uh, about five years ago, I met a guy called Richard McCann, who's a operational speaker around the world. Yeah. And his background is that, sadly, his mother was the first victim of Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper. And he wrote a best-selling book 
a number one Sunday Times bestselling book called Just a Boy. He gave it to me at a business conference in Harrogate. I read the book, and about a year later, I rang him and said, right, this will make a great film. Yeah. And he said, well, I'm not ready at this stage to do that. I'm doing a few um, projects, documentaries, and forgiveness projects and things like that. I'll let you know. So earlier this year, he rang me up. And I brought him down to London and introduced him to the lady who had offered me the King's Speech back in the day, which I turned <laughs> down. And I thought she was there for just, she only had half an hour, she's a very busy woman. And she said, yep, yeah, I will support you in the project. The same meeting, I brought Tony Klinger down. He came down from Northamptonshire. Tony Klinger is a great guy. He's the um, producer of a film called The Kids Are All Right, a cult yep. classic. And we featured him on a Awaken Your Alpha. I'm trying to think oh, well. what episode. Yeah, we've, I'm trying to think which episode it is. It's maybe in the 40s, I think. 40s or 50s or 60s. Mm. But mm. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, I'll have to I'll have to listen to that one again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Tony and Richard clicked, and now we've got um, Just a Boy, the film, yeah. which if any of your listeners want to um, find out more information about, there's a Facebook page, and there's also a website. Okay. So look into that. Uh, and that gives you an idea of the type of people I introduce. Successful film producer, successful author, bring them together, and you hope that the egos don't clash. You hope they're going to click this is the only Achilles heel of my, my business, yeah. is that great people will meet great people. I can't guarantee they're going to get along. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, I've, 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 and how I got to know all these people over the last 29 years, and, in fact, in October 2015, will be my 30th anniversary of, of introducing people yeah. offic officially and unofficially. Um, <laughs> it's a lot of luck. I mean, you, you know, someone will meet someone and they go, hey, have you spoken to Richard? And I'll say, Richard who? You know, and it's yeah. Richard Espy. I get a phone call from, you know, a friend of Quincy Jones and he says, hey, you know, I'm looking to raise money for this new, you know, uh, theatre uh, musical thing. And, you know, stuff like that. It's great. And so there's no average week. It's thoroughly enjoyable. That keeps um, it exciting, I'm sure, definitely. Uh, you know, it, it just, it never stops. <laughs> Next year, I'm going to launch... Um, the most elite lunch club in the world and it's called the funky shirt lunch club and it's been inspired by two guys um <laughs> adrian silas who you've interviewed yep, had him on, yeah. really really unique character isn't he yep <laughs> to say the least a masquerade event so i'm giving him a plug now and bill morrow of angels den uh, again another successful guy and independently they're equally successful in different fields um but they both wear these amazing colorful shirts with this um, lunch club, what we'll do is we'll, in we'll introduce people to each other who are already successful, who've got track records of, you know, achievements, if you like, yep. and hope and pray that they get along well and we can then make, make, make them even, even more successful. Yeah, definitely. There's so much going on at the moment. And like you say, who, who knows what the future holds exactly? You've got some plans. Um, this is really our alpha round where we're going to get some sort of tools and tricks and resources. And we like to start that off with... Is there a, I mean, you mentioned films there, you mentioned, but is there a particular book that you'd really recommend as one that's inspired you or you think is very useful for our listeners? Is there any that spring to mind? I really like the way Iceberg Slim writes. I've just got a book recently was sent to me called Pimp <laughs> about his early life in um, growing up in uh, Chicago in the ghetto. A very okay. inspirational book and written like, I mean, like no other book. Okay. If you if you look at it, there's a documentary on Netflix about Iceberg Slim, so I would urge everybody to look at that. And it was produced by a guy called Jeff Jeff Scheftel. Okay. Uh, 
and um, definitely have a look at it. And so, yeah, any icebergs that read his books, you know, it, it, it just it, they're eye openers. Okay, brilliant. I've got you know hundreds of books. Yeah, here. I know everyone has this a lot of times. Um, I think I think Matt, Matt Malcolm Gladwell's Tipping Point. Yeah. I've got the original hardback copy. Someone rang me and said, I've just sent you the hardback copy. Um, your um, equivalent is in it, page 4953, Lois Weisberg out of Chicago. She's the best connector, the best maven, you know. She's, she's you, but a female. Oh. So, uh, yeah, so the tipping, the tipping point was great. I like Brilliant. that. Okay, I wonder if you have um, any resources you could recommend. For example, something like iswhoyouknow.com. That would be a great resource for people to go and use. But, or any other ones that you use in connecting people or just in being productive in everyday life. Love Facebook. Yeah. Many ways. In other ways, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't want people to know, you know, that I'm going out to, to lunch with, with, a, with a, you know, with a, with, with, with a client. That's not, that's private stuff. I mean, yeah. don't really advertise that. Um Facebook for business, though, it is great. You can join um, some really good groups on Facebook, and then those groups can lead you to beat people who you would never have met. Mm-hmm. Um, you're li- it's like-minded individuals coming together, yeah, uh, sharing sharing their sort of passion or love for you know certain topics. Um, I think Facebook is a great place to start. Um, I haven't really got into Twitter very much. I've retweeted a few things. Um, but I believe it's very good if you're launching a new business. You've got to be on Twitter. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn now, huh, the 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 all important LinkedIn. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I haven't really used it much for business. I've I've linked to a few people, um, but I believe it's a great resource for doing business. But nothing can compensate for actually knowing the people and bringing them together. Yeah. So- There's nothing better. Off the top of your head, really, what would you give as some sort of key advice how to really link people together? I mean, because like you said, you, you've got your own special way of it. I mean, are there yeah. any key mistakes you see people making all the time, really? Yeah, I went to um, a breakfast club meeting once. My accountant at the time said, come to a golf club and meet all these people over a fry up for £10. And when I pulled out my um, business card, um, they go, well, it's not the right size. It's not a normal business card size. It's too large. You know. Well, yeah, that's because it stands out from the crowd. <laughs> yeah. and I'm sitting next to a lawyer and an accountant and a florist, you know, and, a, and I'm thinking, why am I here? This is crackers. I don't need this. You know? <laughs> yeah. I did it for him. And so that was one and only BNI, which is, 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 is not for me. I won't knock it, though, because I believe it's good for certain people and certain businesses. Yeah. It's not for me. The other ones I went to where they said there's 100 techie, techie entrepreneurs all wearing badges. There's guys from Deloitte, PricewaterhouseCoopers, KPMG, you know, all the sort of accountancy firms and then all the famous legal firms yeah. at the Savoy. So I went to a couple of those uh, very nice events and I enjoyed them. Problem was everybody was talking. You couldn't hear what you were saying. Yeah. The host wasn't introducing the people. So that wasn't any good either. So I didn't know who I was talking to, why I was talking to. It didn't make sense to me. So it wasn't intimate enough yeah. or personal, personalised enough. And that was a failing, if you like, yeah, of, so, of I that mean, event. So you're talking about sort of people who are trying to organise events to meet, get people to meet. These are some key mistakes they make. When someone's out there, a lot of these listeners will be doing it on an individual basis. When it actually comes to meeting sort of someone one-on-one, what are some key mistakes or things they can improve on that you generally observe a lot of people um tend to big themselves up yeah uh you know they tell you all about themselves about their achievements stuff like that which is great you know you want to hear that's a great way of introducing someone but i think what you really want to do is find out more about who they are as a person you know and, and what their passion is and 
Um, yes, of course, their achievements are very important, but you really want to know a little bit about who they who they are, who they really are, the real the real deal. Yeah. And a lot don't do that in the first meeting. Oh, yeah. You know, it's uh, it's a bit of a shroud in a way. No, so, I completely uh, agree. I like to hit you know get down to basics. Yeah. I mean, and uh, it, it takes a confident person to, to be completely honest and, like you say, be be real on that first meeting because a lot of people do have that that kind of front that it takes a mm, while to get Exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so you might need two or three meetings. And then, you know, the most important commodity, Adam, yeah. is your time. Mm-hmm. We're, only, we're only here for a short space of time. We're not here forever. So how you spend your time and who you spend it with is crucial. Yeah. <laughs> and the other thing I'm going to say, finally, yeah. is I've, I've had a lot of my sayings used over the years. They've, they've become set in stone. I've been to a meeting in a hotel with this supposedly great, you know, amazing businessman. Yeah. And he told me how, you know, he'd done things differently and this and that and the other. He had the big house in Hadley Wood and come back for, for a swim and meet the wife. And, the, you know, I did all that. And then I listened to what he had to say. And after a while, I, I, I switched off. And I, I turned around to him and I said, look, you know, You've said all these great things, yeah, but it hasn't really registered with me. You know? And I, th- I actually thought, I don't even like you. I didn't say that. So I said to him, you know, for me, the truth is what you feel yeah. about a person, about their business, about their life, about how they, how they, how they behave, if you like, mm-hmm. yeah, towards others. And I didn't really like the way he talked to his housekeeper, for example. That really pissed me off. Yeah. She was a stunning Brazilian girl, and he talked down to her when we walked through the door. You know, and yeah. he said, come and... Uh, scuba dive in my swimming pool and all this sort of stuff. very a big show off yeah that, um, that I instantly like get my back up yeah yeah there was a sh- stretch of limousine outside and you know a Ferrari in the garage yeah. uh, which which is great you could, if you if you want that and you achieve that and you work hard for it or work smart yeah great doesn't give you the that. right to be rude to people though does it uh, <laughs> there was sort of a patronising tone so yeah. that was that and I turned around to him look basically thanks for the offer I'm not going to do business with you and he went no one's ever turned me down I have <laughs> It's not about the money for me. It's about, you know, the people, uh, the, the, the product, the service. It's about loving it and loving the people behind it. Yeah. So I would say when, um, to, to, when you go to meet somebody, obviously do as much background as you can with them, but you get a gut, a gut feeling, an intuition, an instinct about them. And, you know, the truth is what you feel, not what they tell you. Well, I usually ask for a, sort of like an alpha quote that you live your life by. That kind of sounds like that. Like you've just given me there, is uh, or is there any other? My famous catchphrase yeah. um, is, and someone asked me this uh, again. It was in the late eighties, and I was at a party, and they said to me, "Crikey, you know, yeah, you know, great-looking guy, you've got some great, uh, you know, things behind you, and friends and stuff like that." Tell me all about it. And I said, "Well, for me, it's about how happy you are at the end of the day." And I said, "Let me rephrase that. Success is measured by the size of the smile on your face." at the end of every day. Like. Not by a yacht in the south of France, a villa in Marbella, etc. You know, a big house in uh, Chelsea. Yeah. That's not... That, that is one side of success. But wrestling with your three-year-old son, yeah, <laughs> mansion men, is also a great feeling. You know, yeah. and it's part of being, you know, a, a great father. And stuff. So it, it, success is not just about money. No. Or assets or materialistic stuff. No, I, li- I like the simplicity of that because at the end of the day, like you say, if you're not smiling at the end of the day, clearly something's not right. You're not you're not successful. <laughs> no, no, no. And of course, your most important commodity. We'll repeat this one more time. Your most important commodity in life is your time. Yeah. Talking on that, then. So, I mean, who do you think I should interview next or very soon? Who who springs to mind as a, a... I, 
I've got to say, you must do the Bill Morrow interview. He's the guy that founded and created Angels Den, which is the Europe's most successful investment club. It's a den of investors and entrepreneurs. Yeah, brings people together. Not the same way as myself, obviously. He's far more um, corporate, I think. But yeah, I love, love him to bits. And if he's listening to this, you know, <laughs> he'll he'll be smiling. Hopefully, brilliant. Yeah. So Bill Morrow is the next guy to interview. Um, if you get a chance, though, I would try and interview the uh, music producer, Billy Terrell, in Philadelphia. Silly question, but are, are you connected to him? <laughs> yeah, we've spoken a couple of times, actually, and emailed uh, on Facebook, yeah. Um, he's, if you look into his background, yeah. he's produced and written a lot of uh, records, and he was one of the founders of disco music, you know? Okay. Back in Philly, in the early 70s, mid-70s it would have been. Um, he's worked with some great people. In fact, one of the guys I produced or executive produced a song for, um, the songwriter Andy J. Ross, yeah. uh, had introduced me to Billy Terrell, was one of his heroes. And Andy talks about everybody in there, the kings of this. He, he calls himself the Ballad King on Facebook. So um, if he's listening, no doubt he'll, he'll be smiling too. Uh, <laughs> introduced me to Billy Terrell. And uh, I know mutual people that know Billy Terrell and respect him. Yep, so you've got the two Brilliant. Bills, Billy, Billy Terrell and Bill Morrow. Sounds good. I just want to do a little quick, a complete blank around here. We just got to finish my sentence for me and we'll find out a little bit about you, the man behind all of this. So we start that off with, your best friend would describe you as? Amazing. It's <laughs> a good best friend. If I was ever to come and visit your neck of the woods, I should? Come to the Grove. Can you explain what the Grove is to anyone who's listening? The Grove is... Um... A beautiful hotel and a uh, fantastic place to relax and uh, enjoy great company, food, drink. Um, it's great. It's just outside of London uh, in Watford uh, off the M25 and it's where everybody everybody goes. Brilliant. Your favourite movie of all time is? The French Connection. And uh, the last time you were drunk was? 19... 19- 93. Wow. With, with with Quentin Tarantino at a film festival. There must be a little bit of a story behind that then. I know we're tight on time, but I've got to hear a little bit more. You can't just drop in Quentin Tarantino without a little bit more. <laughs> okay. I, I'd made a few short films. I'd been to a few film festivals with the films, and I was at a festival. I met Tarantino a couple of times now, actually, in when he was just breaking through with Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, and... Um, that they were his two films, and a True Romance, who he'd sold to Tony Scott, the, the late, the late Tony Scott. Uh, so Tarantino, yeah, we were at a festival up in uh, Nottingham. I knew the girl who was the photographer, the official photographer for the festival, and I knew a few people who were sort of organising it. Uh, I'd gone up there with some friends, and I'm standing in the gents' toilet, as you do, and I met quite a few celebrities in toilets of hotels and you know restaurants. And next to me is this scruffy guy and uh, I said oh what are you doing here he said well I've got a film in the festival it's called Reservoir Dogs uh, and I'm making another film called Pulp Fiction I said oh let's let's have a chat about it I said yeah Reservoir Dogs I saw that last year in 92 at the London Film Festival with my friend Daniel Elias who's the Dog the Bounty Hunter guy great you know I saw you come on stage with uh, Harvey Keitel and I think uh, someone else and, you know it was really interesting yeah 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 you know so we got on really well the reason he respected me was because I knew more about film than he knew I'd watch more films, I, I knew, and I was better connected than he was in 1992. 
So the difference, there was this sort of balancing thing, and he couldn't quite make me out. And so he was questioning me about actors and films and lines and scenes and all the usual things. And I said to him, look, you know, you and I, we talk the same language. Definitely, we're going to get on really well. And so we came out of the festival. I was uh, still smoking cigarettes then, and so was he. We had a cigarette together, and we, we, we turned uh, around, and there's a, not the official photographer, there's a guy in the street with a camera. He says, let me take the photo. So he said, um, you know, I claims for you guys. And I said, well, I'm not the one. I'm just got a short film. This guy's made Reservoir Dogs. And um, Quentin said to the photographer, but this guy knows all about film. He knows more about me than film. And I'm giving give him the thumbs up. And that's when he put his thumb up. And at that exact second, the guy's got a motor, you know, Nikon camera with the motor. Bam, 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 you know. So I had to pay a lot of money to get the actual roll of film. <laughs> which I, 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 I own the rights to, you know. But no, Quentin Tarantino, he's one of many directors I've met, and I, I mean, I've met loads of directors, producers, actors, celebrities, all my life, really. Um, he's a great inspiration to me and, the gen- and our generation uh, that films be made differently. Reservoir Dogs is still a great film. Absolutely love it. Finally, just in wrapping up, I'm obviously, what's the best way people can connect with you or find out more about you if they want to? Well, I mean... <laughs> There's no secret. I've got my mobile, my landline on IWIC. That's India, India, Whiskey, Yankee, Kilo dot com. Pronounced IWIC. Um, they normally, people normally approach me through recommendation by someone who's who knows me. Um, I very rarely get a cold call. I don't cold call anybody, Adam. Never have. Not my scene. Never <laughs> have. Uh, Facebook, of course, I've got um, two... Uh, main um, accounts on Facebook I've got a thing called Richard Iwick E-Y-E-W-I-C-K um, and I've got Ricky Barnett which is the, the film one and Richard Iwick is the music one and uh, what's the one question you thought I was going to ask or you wished to ask and I've missed a trick I don't know really um, I think we've I think we've got it covered Adam I mean we're going to have to leave it there though it's been an absolute pleasure today it's been lovely talking to you thanks for taking the time to uh, speak to us today have a great evening great weekend with your kids too and uh, look forward to catching up with you in the future. Check out this fantastic podcast. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back. The Alpha Ultimatum, my 10-week malperformance mentoring. Build your body, build your mind, live limitless. Get 2015 started right. We'll be working on your inner game as well as building the body to match. We start in January and applications have just opened up, so now is the time. Go to adamlewiswalker.com, click get involved, and you have the application form right there. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast. Live limitless.